0: Welcome, everybody. Better take this off, haven't I? There we go. Let's see if I can do it without removing the mic. There we go. I want to sanitise at this point. (laughs) Okay, well, welcome, everybody. And here we are, well into our current series, which we're calling Summer Reading. What did you think of that clip? It was good. It was good, wasn't it? Stories, narrative, poetry, prose. There were some really good bits in there that I've just sort of snabbled and I, I thought one of them was uh, a point where they said, without even realising it, these stories mess with you. <laughs> and they change how you see the world and other people. That was really good. And there was another bit in there that talks about the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. So there are two big things that I've taken out of there. I loved it. Well I'm here today to tell you my narrative, my story, um, but more specifically my story of reading the Bible. In preparation for this message I've read through a lot of my journals and uh, there were a few over the years, it's well worth doing by the way, to actually pick them all up and go back and read them. And I noticed that my reading of the Bible happened in three different ways. I engaged with the Bible in three different ways, on three different levels, uh, for want of a better word. Sometimes I just read the Bible to enjoy it, to delight in it, and to simply spend time with God and his word. And sometimes I needed to apply what I've learned and start doing what God said and asked of me. More recently, probably in the last 10 years or so, I've decided to delve very, very deep into the Bible and asking some of the why questions. I wasn't happy at that point in just skipping over the hard bits. In fact, I wanted to ask, why on earth are those hard bits there in the first place? So before I unpack this, I just wonder if you'd join me in prayer. That's okay. Heavenly Father, I pray now for the message and I ask that you speak your truth and touch the hearts of those who are listening. Father, I thank you for your word and the hope that this message will encourage us to open it up, open up your word and soak in your promises, your truth and your guidance. Father, I pray for those who hear that they will be encouraged to dig deeper into your word. In Jesus' name. Well, let's have a look at these three levels of engagement that I spoke of. And the first one is that I like to delight in Scripture. It's important that we take delight in God's Word. And take it too seriously, just delight in it. You know, when I listen to music that is founded in Scripture, not just any music, but music that is founded in Scripture, there are times when I could just dance. Which isn't a good thing because I can't dance. <laughs> when I hear his promises and I know that they're true, I'm filled with a very special sort of joy. And that joy makes me want to dance. So if ever you see me walking along the street with the ear and I'm doing as well, that's me delighting in the word. King David loved to dance and he did dance. In the Old Testament it states that once he danced in the streets, Pure abandonment in front of everyone. And he was a king. Didn't please everybody. And Psalm 119 is a really good example of how uh, David loved God. King David loved God and he loved the scriptures. And I just want to read a little bit from that now. It's a long psalm, so I'm going to pick little beats out. In verse 10, With my whole heart I seek you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I treasure your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Verse 14, I delight in the way of your decrees as much as in all riches. Verse 20, my soul is consumed with longing for your ordinances at all times. 97, oh how I love your law. It's my meditation all day long. And verse 103, how sweet Are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth? Can't you just hear his passion? It's awesome. Now I want to be real with you here. This state of delight, this state of joy is not always a constant. Let's be real. There are times when I don't feel like picking up the Bible at all. In fact, I have to drag myself to spend 20 minutes in the chair sometimes. And I'll be honest, when I do that out of obligation or just so that I can tick that off the list of the daily things to do, I don't get much out of it. And I certainly don't delight in it at that point. And so I've often asked myself why. I've wondered why. I've reflected on it. I've journaled on it. I've prayed about it. Why is it so hard to just pick up this beautiful book and read it? Well, I believe there are a number of reasons, but one of them, for me, I thought recently, is perhaps because my focus at that point was a little bit out of whack. With this level of interaction, have you noticed it's all about me? It's all about my joy, my delight. What I can get out of it. Many of you might be familiar with the Door of Hope vision and mission statement. In order for us and for me to reach our goal of being a Door of Hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world, we need to be Jesus-centred, others-focused, but together in community. God's Word is definitely Jesus-centred, but this level of engagement on its own is in no way others focused. So I think we need more. Delighting in the word of God is essential for our spiritual and mental health. But in order to grow and be like Jesus, we need more. We need to do what it says. I needed a shift of focus and needed to start being others-focused, being obedient to what God had to say to me, what he was asking me to do. And then I had the added benefit of actually seeing God in action at that point in what he did. Sometimes it is important to take delight in his word, but also do what he says. There is a wonderful passage in James that talks to this, and it, it talks about being a doer, of the word. Now I don't know if you've been following this series, you might have noticed something. Ben spoke and used this very passage and I was watching it because I had this prepared about end of December I had draft one and I watched Ben's um, message and I went oh gosh he's used the same passage and I scrapped it all out and, oh, no. and then I thought no, if it's good enough for God to put it on Ben's heart and my heart, maybe he wants, to, wants it said. So I put it back in again So here we go. This is James, um, what is it, Uh, verse 22, he starts here. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror, for, uh, for, for they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. For those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act. They will be blessed in their doing. It's a pretty amazing um, passage. So at one point in my Bible reading journey, I started to ask the question, God, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do with this? It was interesting because I was relying very, very heavily on... You know, the little study notes at the bottom of the of the Bible? I was relying almost entirely on those. And have you noticed that sometimes um, it's verse 5 in a passage that you want to, verse 5 in a chapter that you want to deal with, and, and it'll give these beautiful footnotes for verses 1 to 4. And then from verses 6 to 10, and nothing on verse 5. Yeah, I found that really frustrating. You know, I needed more than a footnote. I needed a conversation. I needed to talk to someone about it. And there are a lot of resources out there that can provide that. Early in my walk, it was Alpha. The Alpha course is designed specifically to help people with big questions and with tricky ones too. The Alpha courses generally have somebody there, one or two people that are lifelong learned veteran Christians, Christians of the faith. And you can not only ask questions at an Alpha course, but you get to hear and see veteran Christians living out their faith. So the benefit of their wisdom and the video content, I loved Alpha, I've done several of them. A few years later, I discovered the benefit of working alongside veteran Christians, veterans of the faith, and I did this through a serving team. In this setting, again, I could not only ask the questions, but I had the opportunity to see people living out their faith. Learning to be others-focused is so much better doing this in community. Now, just going back on the... um, Back on the series, I was watching Winnie, and I was really enjoying her her um, message. And then I thought, Winnie, you've just you, sorry, you've just used a whole portion out of my sermon. Oh, and I'm going to it all off again. And then I thought, no, if it's good enough for God to put it on Winnie's heart, I'm going to keep it. So I put it all back in again. Let's have a look at what the author of Hebrews has to say on this subject. Hebrews 10 verses 24 to 25. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Being a doer is better in community. Being a doer can also dispel doubt. I had a lot of doubt. Over the years, I've had a lot of doubt. Being an atheist until I was 37 years old, that residual doubt lingers. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to say it. I still have occasional doubts. I don't think it makes me any less a Christian. I am still saved. And even though I have doubt, that's okay. Being a doer dispels doubt because in the doing you see God at work. It wasn't until I started being involved with others that I saw miracles, I saw healing and I experienced it in my own life and in the lives of others. There's one final example of a resource that helped me in my reading of the Bible and it was joining a Connect group. I learned and prayed with others and this helped me maintain Christian connection. It ga- I gained support from that, and I could often seek clarification when I wasn't too sure about something and whether or not to act. And you know what? That's pretty important. Um, and coming from one who's experienced this, it's probably um, not a good idea to act without seeking clarification because I did that a few times and had some really embarrassing moments, none of which I'm going to share with you here today. <laughs> but it's all good. We make mistakes. In fact, I think we have to make mistakes. As Christians, we are not perfect and we do make mistakes. You know, as a pre-Christian, a long time ago, I used to comment about Christians and I used to say that they didn't live up to the standards that they professed, that they promoted, and I even labelled them hypocrites. I was at that point unaware that when we come to Jesus... We come just as we are. And that's often far from perfect with a lot of learning to do. So fun fact, it still goes on. We still have a long, long way to go and we still have a lot of learning. And a lot of that happens when we read the Bible. Mistakes are mandatory. It is so important to have a safe environment, and I'm thinking of connect groups here, to have a safe environment where we can ask those silly questions and we can blunder our way through with a supportive crew of people that are there to care and that will be gentle with you in your stuff-ups. Okay, so this, the final comments that I'm going to make here, um, I come with a little disclaimer. I've been um, asked to give my journey, so I don't feel that everybody has to pick up on all the things that I've said here. uh, But I thought I'd share because there might be something there that um, you want to take on board. So over the last few years, I have felt the need to delve deeply into God's Word. I'm a teacher and I have a very inquisitive nature. So I've loved learning about the history and the meaning behind both Israel's scriptures, which is the Old Testament, the Gospels, and the New Testament biblical writings. Through soaking this in, I have made new discoveries about Jesus. Jesus in the whole Bible. Not just after he appeared on earth. Remember that line in the, in the clip? It's a unified story that leads to Jesus. Delving into God's word has shed a bright light on my understanding of God's heart and purpose for us and humanity. You know, I once considered the Bible as a book full of rules. But over time, I've learned that it's so much more. God has a divine vision for humanity. He has a vision and purpose for you. And he has a vision and purpose for me, he has a vision and purpose for us all. I have had, since delving into the Bible, a paradigm shift. Now, big words there, but basically it means that my view of the world, my view of God, and even of myself has radically changed by delving deep and embedding God's word on my heart. Now, I wrote this in December, and look at what the clip says. Without even realising it, these stories mess with you, and they change how you and you see the world and see others. Good on your God. He's amazing, isn't he? <laughs> so I listened to a podcast from the Bible Project Runs, the same people that did that clip, and they framed this up really nicely about rules. The wisdom derived from the Bible... Forms people who need thin rule books. Isn't that amazing? Let's delve into the word more for more on this. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. A thin rule book. A thin, very easily accessible and applicable rule book. I like the sound of that. So how did this all happen? How did I um, delve in? Well, about 10 years ago, I I, um, enrolled in a Certificate IV in Christian Ministry and Theology. I got uh, two units in and gave up. It was far too hard, working full time, trying to study, didn't want any of that. But something changed. A little bit later that thought came back and it wouldn't go away. So I enrolled in a bachelor's degree in Christian ministry. But you know, what, then the college got, well, there was a merger and one college got taken over by another, another college. And the six months that I'd just spent on a unit was useless. Couldn't use it, oh dear. So I thought I'd give up, but I didn't. God had other thoughts. So I, um, I, I felt driven. And I've lost my page here. I still felt driven to delve deeper. You know why? I felt ill-equipped to deal with those rules. I felt that I didn't have what I needed to do what God wanted me to do. So I started another degree. Well, I'm now six years down. I've got one year to go, yes. Um, And then I'll have completed my qualification. And I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. None whatsoever, but God does. He's good. The Father's vision, His purpose in sending His Son, and the principles of living according to His will have finally started to embed on my heart and in my mind. And my ability to apply these principles to life's challenges is just that little bit clearer. I no longer rely on having specific answers or specific lines for specific issues. Delving into the Bible simplifies the rules. You know, Jesus himself was questioned on this and he, asked, he was asked, which of the rules is most important? And he returned with a brilliant answer once more. And there it is. Did anyone see Christy's message? Yeah, you're not going to believe it. I'm watching Christy's message. And I go, God, oh, you yeah, Christy, this is wonderful, but that is like this much out of a page. Oh, script- no, I'm not going to do that. So I didn't, I didn't scrub it out, here it is again. "'Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest?' And he said to him, "'You shall love the Lord your God,' I love this, "'with all your heart, with all your soul, "'and with all your mind. "'This is the greatest and first commandment. "'And the second is like it, "'you shall love your neighbour as yourself. "'On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.'" I found that if we know more about who God is, his character and his love, and that's what Christy was talking about in her message if you've seen it, his love for us, that underpins and equips us to be able to answer many of life's tough questions. Now I'm going to tell you now a very short story. I was out with a few friends a few years ago. Most of whom knew that I was a Christian and some of them didn't and it wasn't long into the conversation when one of them said well what do you do outside of work tracy and i said oh, i'm studying at a christian college there's that c word christian and she immediately turned the conversation to euthanasia it was it's a topic about one of god's tough rules that thou shalt not kill And she spoke about a woman who had tried to end her mother's life and was going to prison. She was quite open in her opinion and she believed that this was unfair and wrong. And you know, I felt differently. And I knew that God did too. I sensed that she wanted to hear what I had to say as a Christian. But I kept quiet. I sat and I listened to the others, starting to agree to her point of view. In fact, the tone of the conversation became quite bitter and ugly. Still I said nothing and I hunted and I searched my mind for specific scripture. I wanted to answer this very specific problem, why is it so hard, I couldn't find anything. I knew God was right, I wanted to back him up like he needs backing up, I wanted to back him up with scripture, with specifics, but I couldn't find them. I said nothing. I know a little bit more now this situation didn't need a specific answer it just needed one of his principles one of the themes in the Bible which is his love if I'd had my time again I would pray and answer probably at the same time I would try to respond just as Jesus did he would respond in love He would respond with compassion and a deep desire to be there for that woman. He would explain how very, very sad that he was and he didn't want her to do it on her own. He would have felt her pain to the very core, how desperate, how alone, how hopeless that woman must have felt when she decided, felt that she had to decide to end her mother's life. She needed God and she needed his people to come around her and support her in and through that difficult time. In this particular situation, she needed love, not a one-liner out of a rule book. The Bible is not just a rule book. It's the story of God's love. It has essential boundaries. It has guiding principles. It has God-inspired lines of scripture that are important to memorise, there is a time and a place for all three. And that's where we learn, when we delve deep into the Bible and embed it on our heart. Now, I don't pretend to have it all together. My recent studies in these, I have, um, I've realised that there's a whole iceberg there and I've just sort of skimmed the surface. So I want to sum this all up again just um, by putting those three different ways of engagement back to you again if it could I urge you to keep enjoying it listen to music go on a walk go on a hike away from life's busyness and allow the Holy Spirit to journey with you do your devotionals and your journeying try to spend that 20 minutes in a chair if you can with God but if you're feeling stale or stuck and just not getting it I suggest that you start doing some stuff Start experiencing for yourself the promises and the work of God in your life. Perhaps join a connect group or a serving team or sign up for Alpha. Look into finding a mentor, perhaps. Find a veteran of your own. A prayer or a study partner is good. Pray for opportunities to arrive that will help you to connect with community. Father, there is an option... uh, Sorry, finally, there is an option... Father, I hope that you're listening to. Finally, there is an option to dig deeper, to embed his word on your heart. Delve deep. The internet is full of free courses, but please check with somebody whether it's a reputable free course before you go down that that way. There are podcast series and other formal and informal study options. Don't forget the reading suggestion. Uh, I think Sandy... Christy, Ben, there's about four people have suggested, but it is a really good book, which is um, Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew About the Bible. You may feel drawn, as I did, to gain a qualification, however. And if I can speak personally, I had a really good experience with Alpha Crucis College. So if anyone wants to talk to me about my journey afterwards, please um, come up. There should be a website. Excellent. So this is Alpha Crucis College. Um, also, there is a range of study options available to you, uh, led by our own Christy and Danny Midsom, which is the World View Centre for Intercultural Studies. And I believe Christy and Danny are here today. And they've got a whole range of options, uh, anything from shorter courses to a one-year diploma. And I believe they're starting night classes soon. So you might like to do this individually or with a study partner who wants to walk with you. There are lots of options. And I can't wait to see what's going to be happening in your lives and in mine in the coming weeks and months ahead. Let's close in prayer, if we could, please. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to delight in your word, to do what you ask of us in your word and to delve deep into it, to engrave it on our heart. We ask for openings, Lord, openings to not only learn more about you, but to spend time with you as we open up and read your story. Father, for those who have yet to open your book, the Bible, Father, I ask for courage. I ask for courage to do so, courage to talk to you about the next step, or maybe even talk to someone here or someone close. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.